Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Julie Kin, and today I'm going solo. Stephen Pappas still isn't available. Next time we're going to have Sam Culper. And frankly, the weather's really nice outside, so I'm not going to force my kids to join me. We are starting out season three, which was my favorite, because this is when the show really allows itself to defy all logic and physics. We are watching Watch Out, the Willowa, the first episode of season three. We start in a lightning storm. The gang is in a motorboat, but everyone insists on standing up, even though that's not very safe, except for Fred. Shaggy says they are in for a bad storm, and Scooby concurs. Daphne suggests that they turn back, but Velma wants to keep going because she's concerned about Uncle Dave. We don't really know why or who this is or whose uncle. Is it hers? Maybe it's an honorific for just an older man in her life. Fred says, yeah, something must have gone wrong. Fred and Velma are all for the danger because it's the only way they feel alive. Suddenly, a large wave overtakes the boat, but they don't capsize. Shaggy kind of helps, I guess, Scooby by holding onto his tail, which turns rubbery and about 10 feet long and kind of elastic. Oh, and the 10-foot boat now looks like it's about 20 feet long. But you may recall I warned you about the laws of physics being completely ignored this season. Scooby's not hurt. We know this because he thanks Shaggy and gives him a huge kiss, which is always so sweet. Daphne starts whining. How much farther? Velma says there because she just noticed a huge mountain island in the water with about 10 gigantic carvings in it. They look primitive, but it's better than I could do. So I guess I need a better or less condescending patronizing word than primitive for it. Velma explains these are the Indian picture rocks and that Uncle Dave's lodge is right across the bay from them. Fred totally jinxes them all by saying, good, then we have nothing to worry about. Shaggy interrupts his optimism by shouting, zoinks, look at that. All of a sudden, we see a grassy plain and a floating apparition. It's a glowing owl, but not the cute kind that Target put on every single piece of girls' clothing a couple seasons ago, but a spooky owl that looks like it wants to bite your cheap Target clothes. Also, it's about 10 feet big and appears to be pooping out sparkles, so maybe it actually would be kind of cool on clothes. The owl flies over the gang's boat and then disappears. They're all concerned because no one can find Scooby, but it turns out he was just rolled up into his sleeping bag. That scamp. Velma wants everyone to come back to business because of Uncle Dave. We still have no backstory on why this dude is in trouble, how they knew, who he is, what the heck's going on, but he must have sent them a groovy 60s telegram. Oh wait, this is in the 1970s now. A groovy 70s telegram or something because his lodge looks so rustic. I doubt it had a phone line. They arrive at this quaint cabin in the woods, and I know it's supposed to look kind of spooky, but it looks awesome and it's waterfront property definitely would be at least a few benjamins a night on airbnb the kids park their boat yeah i know there's a better word for parking a boat i just can't remember it right now you can hit me up on twitter dock they dock the boat that doesn't sound right anyway they go check out the scene meanwhile two shadows pop up and we're supposed to assume they're native americans due to the stereotypical music and the previous mention of indian carvings but they actually look like silhouettes of giant bunny men because of the way their headdresses look in relief 
The adorableness of these shadow bunny men almost outweighs the distaste I have anytime the show features some ethnic minority. The kids go to the lodge and can't find Uncle Dave. Scooby and Shaggy want to leave, of course, but Fred physically restrains them. The door is unlocked, and it appears like Uncle Dave had been ambushed because his dinner is half-eaten. So Shaggy and Scooby decide to destroy all the evidence until a bat appears and scares them away from the table. Scooby hides in Shaggy's shirt for a bit. It's adorable. And then he looks for clues and sees a creepy giant owl in the window. He runs away to another window, but now a creepy owl's there, too. He faints, and Shaggy uses fish water to revive him after moving a fish to a cup. And the fish looks really annoyed, just like in season two when sometimes we'd see mice shaking their fist at Shaggy. This time it's a fish. You get the idea. Scooby tries to explain with his limited vocal skills by flapping his wings and saying, Who? Who? But the kids think he's asking, Who? And the only reason this is funny at all is because of Scooby's exasperated faces as the humans are so incapable of understanding him. I mean, seriously, everyone, you were just chased by Gigantic Owl not five minutes ago. Scooby has to play charades to help the others get what's going on. And Velma even then doesn't quite believe him because I guess she's just forgotten about seeing the apparition. Scooby finds owl feathers and shows everyone... This appears to be enough to convince them. As they're walking around, they run into three Native Americans. And Scooby faints and knocks all the other kids down. By the way, this kind of fainting is called cataplexy. And it's a symptom of narcolepsy. If you want to learn more about narcolepsy, stay tuned to another podcast I do called A Better Night's Sleep. I think we're doing narcolepsy in episode 8 or 9. Okay, so hold on, folks, because these Native Americans speak in terrible broken English and are total stereotypes. They're in stereotypical garb. They have war paint on. They look stereotypical. I mean, everything. It's it's pretty bad. I know the show is old and blah, 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 but I'm still going to edit the language and their words and everything for our generation of listeners. For example, instead of, what you doing here? I'm just going to change it to, what are you doing here? Etc. Okay, back to the show. They say, what are you doing here? Velma explains they're looking for Dave Walton, the border guard. Ah, finally we know something about Uncle Dave. Come on. One of the dudes says he's Uncle Dave's friend and that they had heard an owl call Dave's name. When this happens, the willow swoops in and takes you. Uh, apparently everyone around here just knows that. It's a legend. It's unclear if we're supposed to assume the willow is the same as those giant owls Scooby saw. But since we know all of this is fake anyway, I'm just going to call everything owl like a willow or owl men. Fred decides to stay in the cozy lodge to have a threesome with the girls while Scooby and Shaggy stay in the boat overnight. It takes a couple of Scooby snacks to convince them, and of course, Scooby catches and eats all four of the Scooby snacks, which is pretty unfair. They go back out to the boat, but on their way, they see an owl flying. Now, I'm not sure if this is the Willowa or just an owl, because owls do fly around, but you know, the way the show is drawn, it's hard to tell exactly how big this owl is. No offense, artists, but maybe give us some perspective and shadows next time or something. 
The boys hide in a tree trunk, and then they look up to see it's just a regulation, normal, not spooky, jinkies owl. But it sounds like it's hooting Scooby-Doo, so the poor doggy is freaking out. They run to the boat and try to sleep. The Willowa comes, this time it's the glowing, sparkle-pooping kind, and they start up the boat to get away. Actually, that was kind of an accident. Scooby stomped on the ignition. Due to stepping in a pail, Shaggy's completely incapacitated for like two minutes of screen time. I mean, seriously, it takes forever for him to get that bucket off his feet. And then the bucket gets stuck on Scooby's head for about another 45 seconds. I mean, when your total screen time is only 17 minutes, that's a large chunk. The big kids, Fred, Velma, and Daphne, see what's happening from the dock. Scooby and Shaggy end up going into a cavern. It's under the Indian carvings that we saw before. And we don't know what happens because we have a commercial break. Be right back. Ladies, we all know the best part of the day is when you finally get home and get rid of the one thing you've been dreaming of ditching for hours, your bra. If you're like me, sometimes you don't even make it to the front door. Hi, I'm Erin Whitehead, host of the Braless Podcast, where once a week I kick back, relax, and have fun conversations with different guests about all kinds of topics. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me on the Braless Podcast, unhooked and unleashed. We're back from commercial break. Scooby and Shaggy are in the dark and we just see their eyeballs. Until Shaggy finds a flashlight and they hunt around the cave. They find footprints and wheel tracks. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Maybe from season one and season two. Meanwhile, the big kids are looking outside. Fred goes off on his own to destroy property or set a fire or something. And the girls find that someone has drawn a heart in the ground with a skull and crossbones in the middle. It's kind of like a pirate valentine. Velma says it's Indian picture writing for danger. And that Uncle Dave certainly must have made this mark since he taught it to her as a kid. This dude sounds awesome, and I can't wait to meet him. He sounds like the kind of uncle who would buy you a pocket knife when you're 10. Up on the hill, the girls see man-sized owl men. They reunite with Fred and run into a cavern chased by previously mentioned owl men. They run into a door and lock it. In the room, they find kerosene and sandbags. These are clues. Scooby and Shaggy, on their own, find another door, but it's locked. Scooby uses his tail to open the lock. It's adorable, so pics are on social media. They fight about who's going to go in first. First, they start out real polite. After you. No, no, after you. Etc, etc, etc. For about a gazillion minutes. Scooby goes in first and gets in a fight with the lady's fur coat after thinking it's a bear. He then puts it on again and dances around. More pics available on social media. It's pretty cute. They also find televisions, radios, trophies, paintings, hi-fis, I think that means high-fidelity stereos, statues, and giant owl suits. Meanwhile, the big kids make a trap for the owl men, involving sandbags and a tarp. I think we can all predict what's about to happen. The owl men run into the room where the big kids are, and they're caught. But it's just Scooby and Shaggy dressed up as owl men. They tell the big kids about the treasure cave. Velma's all patronizing about how she's starting to figure this out. 
Fred has some ropes, so he's convinced he can catch those owl dudes. Meanwhile, we see the Native Americans in a canoe. No other details, we just know that they've got a canoe. The kids are outside, and they see the Willowa in the sky again. Shaggy and Scooby are separated from everybody else. They're hollering really loud outside, which you probably shouldn't do when you're in a scary situation like this, but whatever. And they see the Willowa, and they run toward Fred's rope trap, of course. By the way, Fred's rope trap is just a rope on the ground tied to a tree on one side and being held by the big kids on the other, I guess, so that as the bad guys run across the rope, they lift it up and trip them. I'm not sure. I mean, we've seen tons of super duper complicated traps set by Fred. I give this one a C minus, but some extra points for the simplicity of it. We then have a chase scene with the Willowa. It's only chasing Scooby. Recall how the owl had hooted Scooby-Doo's name? That means the Willowa's coming for him. I'm really grateful this is not happening in season two because the mystique would have been ruined by a season two type song. Scooby and the Willowa both get caught in the rope. And turns out, you'll never believe this, the Willowa is not actually a monster. In fact, it's a giant balloon that Scooby is holding onto for dear life until his claws pop it. And a steamboat-looking contraption kind of thing falls to the ground. Scooby lands on it. And then another Native American man pops up with Scooby sitting on his head. Turns out this man was the mastermind of the smuggling operation. He totally took advantage of the Willowa legend to scare off observers so they could smuggle in peace. I can't believe someone used religion to get their own way in commerce. That's me being sarcastic. Velma's explaining this to everyone when we hear, That's right, Velma! And it's Uncle Dave, who looks exactly like Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Except it's Casey Kasem's voice. You know, the guy who does Shaggy. He's safe and in his uniform, and he's leading a couple of dudes in owl costumes and handcuffs. And two other Native Americans apparently helped him capture them. One of them is the one who said he was Uncle Dave's friend earlier, so he was being truthful. And that same dude says, the Council of Elders will deal with these prisoners instead of the white man's legal system, which leaves lots and lots of questions in my mind, and frankly, I think that's a much more interesting story. Meanwhile, Scooby sees another owl, and it hoots Scooby-Doo's name again. Scooby tries to scare it off, but the owl hoots super scary, and Scooby ends up at the top of a pine tree, and we never see Uncle Dave again. Well, that's it for this episode. Watch out the Willowa! Next time, as I mentioned, Sam Culper will be with us for episode two, Tangle in the Bermuda Triangle. Be sure to join out our Meddling Kids podcast and Scooby-Doo discussion group because we're going to have a pretty awesome contest soon for some hand-drawn Scooby-Doo art from artist Sketchy McDrawpants, also known as Alex Smith. It's a pretty awesome zombie Scooby-Doo scene. It's really amazing. Thanks so much to Dave Seste for the use of the song Night Surfing as our theme music. Sending out lots of love to Steven and hoping he rejoins us soon. And thanks so much to Tiff, who is our fabulous moderator on the discussion group. Well, it's been fun having this be the Julie show, but I'm really looking forward to having some co-hosts next time. I'm kind of sick of my own voice. Anyway, take care, everyone. And as you go about your day, remember, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids.
Join us on A Better Night's Sleep, the podcast that provides sleep tips, information on sleep disorders, and evidence-based treatment. We'll talk with leading experts in sleep and sleep disorders. Although we made this for the military community, everyone can use A Better Night's Sleep.